Hi, and welcome back to a special edition of This Week in Voice. We're between season two and season three right now. Season three of This Week in Voice starts up in September, September the 13th to be precise. Amazon, Google, and Microsoft will be our guests on the program. We're excited about that and kicking off another season of the show. We are coming to you with a special edition for the Voice Summit, a fantastic conference that just wrapped up in Newark, New Jersey. And we've got a number of interviews that we conducted on site with a lot of different voice technology professionals, a lot of interesting perspectives. And you'll get to hear what all those folks have to say in just a bit. But I would like to introduce our featured guest for this episode, Heidi Colbertson. Heidi, say hello. Hello, everyone. And thank you, Bradley. Heidi, thank you for joining us and setting a little bit of your time aside. Um, Explain to us what you do, a little bit about your background and your company. Um, I am the founder and CEO of a company called Marvy. My background, I've spent the last 25 years in the mobile industry. Um, Fortunate to have been on the leading edge of wireless and mobile and enterprise software, mobile applications and the Internet of Things. Uh, Entered the voice first world. Uh, right at the very beginning, due to an elder parent who was still playing tennis at 87, but was blind by age 90, and simple things became difficult. Uh, we gave her the Amazon Echo when it first launched in 2014, opened up her world again, impact was immediate. Um, so I founded a company to create a platform of Alexa skills and in the future Google Actions for older adults, family members who might be assisting them. And the community that surrounds them, um, primarily to help with social isolation and keep them engaged in their communities and their and their families and just life and make life better. Great company, great mission. Um, we appreciate you joining us for this episode today. I want to start off by simply asking you. You know, you spoke, you gave a talk at the Voice Summit. Um, you were on a panel, um, which I moderated as part of the program. And you were just generally uh, very involved with the conference. Share with me and the audience, what was your take on the Voice Summit, uh, the first time for doing it? What were some of the highlights for you as part of the event as well? I was fortunate to sit on uh, two panels, one on day one and, and a panel on day two. And then I presented on Aging with Alexa, how to design for older adults. For me, the conference is really about the emerging voice community, you know, and the power of that community for collaboration and learning and partnerships. Many people were in different stages of uh, interaction with voice. There were developers sharing what they know, designers discussing VUI and conversational design, uh, a few early entry brands sharing use cases, uh, and many marketing and business folks just looking to learn and investigating ideas. Um, I was very pleased with the breadth of opportunities to use voice first, voice only, or voice and in a multimodal world. Lots of different segments. Um, I think people are still deciding on different categories. How do you monetize? How do you enable voice commerce, things like that? But for me, the conference was really neat because I got to meet face-to-face a lot of people I've been interacting with on social. A lot of smart voice pioneers, so to speak. It was a lot of fun. 
I thought it was great. It was yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, I had I had a good time, and um, and my staff who was with me had a good time. It was um, it was interesting to see them, and I'm sure you can appreciate this. So the two business development folks that I brought with me to the show, they don't. I mean, I don't have a background in voice, much less they don't. You know, they're just uh, <laughs> you know they're, they're they're sales folks and people who have worked with me for a long time, and. You know, I told one of them uh, about a year ago because he was asking, you know, what companies do you think might be interested in this space? And I said, all. <laughs> and he's like, what do you mean? I said, well, <laughs> uh, how would you answer that if I said, uh, what companies are interested in having a website? He's like, oh, you know, and I think, absolutely. <laughs> and I think what, you know, Pete and, and Modev managed to put together with this voice summit that was to me the number one takeaway and, and we take it as a given you know people who listen to voice first fm or, or people who have been as experienced and knowledgeable as you are in the field um it's sort of a given that you know voice is not a fad at this point it's here to stay but i'll tell you there was a couple of people who came up to me um, a couple of them were students uh, there was a good mix of students in there i thought i always liked that i mm-hmm. think that add something to the, to the energy, uh, to, to do that and work with the community that way. And then there were some other folks who were just sort of there getting the lay of the land and everyone except one person really, there was one hater, I, I guess I would classify saying <laughs> they didn't think it, this was the, you know, they didn't see it, but, um, everybody else was like, yeah, this, this, this thing has arrived and everything that you just said sort of echoes that. Yeah, I have to give kudos to Modov and Pete and his entire staff and the city of Newark. Um, my understanding is, you know, this was put together in four months. Um, you know, I think there were 30 countries and eight or eight countries and 30 states and it really came together. And the mix of people uh, and how open everyone was um, and, the, and the very concise questions and then the humor that was involved in everything. It was spectacular. I've been to a lot of conferences in in my day, as we all have. Um, And this was um, packed with a lot of content, a lot of social engagement. Uh, I'm sure they'll tweak things next year and and ongoing. But, yeah, I had a blast. I met some people I knew on social that I now know are funnier than I thought they were. <laughs> so. <laughs> and, in my, and in my case, you met some people uh, from social who are funnier looking than you thought they were, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I had someone come up to me, you know, I was walking between buildings and someone was passing me and they stopped and said, are you Heidi? And I said, yes. And she goes, oh, I saw you arrive yesterday, you know, because we had been conversing on social on Twitter for a year. So, and I said, you're one of the funniest people I know. <laughs> so, and, and very knowledgeable and, and yeah, very, very, uh, you know, and, and just the, the people who are looking for collaboration and partnerships of we do this, we're thinking about this. What do you think? Um, what niches do you think will be getting traction first? There was just a ton of knowledge transfer, um, it, which is always invaluable. You've got different groups and you've got groups that, that know each other from social. And then you had people that just showed up, um, you know, from our positioning on the floor, we were able to interact with a lot of people and get a good cross section of folks and see sort of what types of folks were there. And, you know, one thing I think was really good about this is that the people who 
are not part of the social media discussion, uh, the people who um, are newer uh, to it or approaching mm-hmm. it from some different vantage point, they didn't feel left out. You know, um, I didn't see people walking around, you know, sort of moping. I didn't see people leaving early. I didn't see any of that stuff that you often see at conferences where people feel like they're not the equation. Yeah, I agree, Bradley. I think there was an overwhelming vibe that everyone was welcome at whatever. We're all peers. This is all emerging first generation technology that's going to change everything. And I had students come up after one after my talk on Wednesday afternoon. It was very evident from the first, you know, from registration that this was going to be a friendly environment. Everyone was welcome and it was packed so that you didn't want to leave because you didn't want to miss anything. <laughs> it was interesting too, um, from a voice aspect, I was I was curious to see a couple of people and companies that I encountered that were there that are in the process of putting together, um, or they have them already and they're, they're continuing to iterate, what I would call high-end niche assistants, you know, niche voice assistants. One was a hedge fund guy yeah. who talked at some length uh, to me about his, vo- his company's voice assistant in the Wall Street space. And that was interesting. Um, there was another uh, company there that um, had gotten involved with you know, something similar, but in the healthcare realm and a specific aspect of healthcare. It's interesting to see as the mainstream companies, Amazon, Google, et cetera, battle it out and sort of adopt this loss leader mentality to their voice assistant and the smart speaker ecosystem that you've got this totally other game being played at the other end of things where there's these voice assistants and other smart speakers emerging that are going to be very expensive and very niche. Uh, nothing's a lost leader about it whatsoever. Um, and it's serving a very specific population. I found that fascinating. Yeah. I, you know, there were, there were a couple sessions and, uh, and uh, much discussion on, you know, almost like platform wars. I'm going to go back a little bit. I remember talking about voice and talking about this idea I had for a company to have voice uh, impact aging in 2016, early 2016. And I think out of an audience of 600 people, 10 people knew what an Amazon Echo was. So for me, this conference is unbelievable, um, the difference in two year, that two years make. But you know, from a platform perspective, I think a lot of people really need to look at you know, you've got the big players and they're going to evolve and they're going to remain the big players, I believe. I think we're going to see more things sitting on top of them. Um, and I think people need to look at kind of the systems that need to be connected along a customer journey as opposed to just the conversation design. Uh, I think those go hand in hand. I do believe that, you know, we have, you know, multiple browsers on our computers. We have multiple channels to uh, listen to music. A lot of the successful companies lay on top of those. I made a very conscious decision to to build a software company rather than a device um, and rather than a new voice system. If you're building your own voice assistant, you cannot possibly evolve as fast as Alexa and uh, Amazon with Alexa and Google with Hey Google are evolving the feature and the functionality and the and the language processing. I, I think those are. Singular niches, I don't know where they'll, where they'll go. 
So the ultimate compliment, in my opinion, that, that anyone can pay a conference is that they immediately plan to return the following year. I'm in that boat. I'm in that boat for Voice Summit. I assume you are as well. I am absolutely. I will be there, and uh, I think they've already announced that it's 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 confirmed for next year. Um, so it's exciting. I mean, it's just this is only going to become a richer uh, community, which means it's going to be richer voice experiences for people and businesses. Excellent, Heidi. Thank you very very much for giving me some of your time today. Oh, thanks for having me. Um, I appreciate it. And I hope everyone starts thinking about voice from a strategy and a usage perspective. We're with Mike uh, from Orderscape. Mike, tell us a little bit about Orderscape. Orderscape is uh, based in San Jose, California. We're a voice technology company. Uh, and our focus is the food service restaurant sector okay. to enable uh, conversational commerce, which is a... Uh, you know, two-word way of saying enable voice ordering using uh, uh, voice assistants primarily, uh, Alexa and Google Assistant. What's the best thing you've seen here at the Voice Summit? Yeah, well, I just left uh, the Yext presentation by Lee Zucker, who heads their restaurant group. Uh, they're very focused on syndicating uh, brand information that, across the web, like hours of operation, um, you know, menu information and things of that nature to spread out and expose brand data. Uh, they're very focused on search for voice, and as we are. Uh, we're a commerce engine, meaning we facilitate transactions, but in a voice context, you really need to have a very precise, concise um, a search algorithm to bring you right to the food that you want. So the way the web normally works is... You, uh, you search for a restaurant, and then you, you know, look at several restaurants to decide where you want to dine, either in or out, whether it's delivery, takeout, or dine-in. In the voice world, it's really about food first. It's voice first, food first. And in that context, you really have to go to the actual menu item. So I'll give you an example. If I'm, most people, about 70% or more, think about what they want to order before they would think about where they want to go. Hmm. Now, the outlier is fine dining. If I want to go to Gramercy Tavern, I'm just going to go. My wife and I are going to have a great time because the food is great, the ambiance is great. Um, but in, in a normal course of dining, I want barbecue or I want uh, Indian food. So I think about what I want, what cuisine I have a hankering for. And then I think about where I want to go get it. That's 70% of the time which is inverted from how Grubhub currently works or all these dine, uh, digital dining um, uh, apps because they, they give you your zip code and then they find your restaurants. Then you have to cull through the menus to find out you know, if there's something there for you for Indian food. So we invert that. In a voice context, you really have to know what you want or where you want to go to it. So in Fettuccine Alfredo, if I'm interested in Fettuccine Alfredo, in a voice context on Orderscape, you would go right to the item. It'll have six restaurants near you that serve Fettuccine Alfredo. In a Grubhub environment, or even a Google environment, they'll show you a Wikipedia entry, they'll show you recipes, they'll show you three or four restaurants on the homepage. Then you, what you have to do is click on the websites, find the menu, call through the menu items, looking for Fettuccine Alfredo. You don't have that that um, luxury in a voice environment. You're going to lose people very fast. Sure. So it, it changes. What is your perspective on the short to intermediate term future of voice? Are you as bullish as everyone else here? Are you a little bit skeptical? What roadblocks are in the way that you see need to be cleared out for 
voice to fulfill its potential. Share share with us your perspective. Sure. You know, it's early. I mean, any new uh, technology like this that, that creates a new user experience, a new UI, is going to be it's going to be early. Uh, but the reality is, is that it's ramping up very, very quickly. We already know how to use our smartphones. We already know, in our context, we already know how to order food. Uh, The the adoption rate for these voice assistants is unbelievable in a very short period of time. I mean, Alexa was launched in in late 2014. And what is early or mid-2018, and there's over 100 million users of these devices. Uh, Compare that track with smartphones even. This is the fastest adoption curve that I can remember. So the more consumers use it, the more comfortable they are with skills, the more comfortable they are with with the execution of these skills um, and actions on Google, uh, the faster this is going to be adopted. And one of the drivers of this is... um, is search. Right now, it's about 20% of all searches is, is mobile, and it's voice search. Okay. So you're, you're using your phone and the microphone to be able to find Costco or find your dentist or find a bagel shop, right? Uh, by 2020, it's forecasted by a fair amount of consistent research firms, so it's going to be well over 50%. So to get there, there has to be more use cases for that search. So if I know that I can find a restaurant and I can find fettuccine Alfredo, for example, by using my voice, I'm going to use it more frequently. Sure. So we're kind of educating ourselves very quickly. So from a from an entrepreneur perspective, it's it's very slow ramp because we're always in a hurry. From an investor perspective, because I am, um, it's it's early, uh, and the venture community, this this segment right here being talked about is very skeptical. They refer to it as too obtuse. Uh, there's not enough traction. There's not enough points of reference. There's not enough, um, uh, there's not, not as many metrics as they would like about frequency of use, average guest check, things of that nature. So the VC community is not really embracing startups as much as they should or we would like. So, but that, over the next 12 to 18 months, my crystal ball, the next 12 to 18 months is going to be a uh, an explosion of use, use cases, companies, funding, uh, because within you know two years, this will be uh, a leading uh, uh, paradigm on how we use voice search and commerce by just using our voice. Hi, this is Adva Levin from Petalabs. Um, Petalabs is a voice design company that creates um, voice experiences, mostly for kids around games and education. Um, and we also focus heavily on persona design and uh, writing bot personalities. Um, well, I'm super excited to meet everyone in the Voice First community. Um, I've been having so many engaging conversations with people online, and I'm super excited to just meet everyone. Um, there are so many interesting sessions about design, about marketing, um, and uh, I can't wait to just uh, attend them all. I think like in the short run, everyone is sort of watching um, how monetization will take place um, in the voice space. So it looks like uh, in-skill purchases is uh, being heavily introduced now, and I'm watching that closely to see how, like, if the ecosystem is ready for it. Um, And also, in general, I would imagine that things will go into multi-model way more. Um, I think voice is an amazing medium, but I think it 
should be supported and backed by imagery and more visual content. Uh, so my name is Ilya Ozeretz. I'm uh, with Idea R&D, and I'm a chief product officer. So uh, I do responsible for uh, the strategy decisions and the roadmaps for our product, uh, as well as uh, making sure that we evangelize our technologies as well on the market. What does Idea R&D do? Idea R&D develops biometrics technologies that enable con uh, biometrics into conversational interface in completely frictionless way, where the user doesn't have to deal nothing. Rather, we will collect everything in the background, making sure that the person is real and it is the same person who can perform this transaction. What's been the best thing that you've seen here at the Voice Summit, uh, the thing you've enjoyed the most? Um, the definitely attraction. I mean, in the industry, there's some speakers who are talking about specifically problems with all of these uh, companies and players in the market who are de developing different applications and uh, how they call it VUI, which is um, visual user interface for conversational interface, which completely does make sense, actually. But at the same time, understandably why. And so what excites most is actually the problem that they're having, and we have a solution definitely for that. So that's exactly uh, what excites us, to see that our product is actually uh, has a very huge demand in the market right now. Cool. So beyond sort of the product market fit that you're seeing, you know, that you just described, share with us generally, what excites you the most about the voice right now, maybe heading into the rest of the year? Give us some of your perspective on voice as you sit here right now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the voice itself is uh, the, the most common interface for the human being to communicate with, right? Sure. Uh, yes, there are different languages, but that's the most comfortable way for people to do stuff. And uh, when you meet with a person, with your friend, uh, that's the exactly the only way how you communicate. Or majority of the use cases where you actually speak to the person, that's how you can know them, right? You can get to know the, the, the person and you don't need anything else. So that's, that, that is something that uh, where the world is going with just uh, having the, the, the main kind of experience is the voice. And the rest of it pretty much should be gone very soon. Uh, hi, my name is Will Hall. I'm the Chief Creative Officer at Rain. We're a digital innovation company. We've been really the, one of the pioneers of voice and conversational AI really early on. And I'm also an adjunct professor of design at NYU. Excellent. So tell us a little bit about Rain Agency. Tell us uh, what Rain, Rain Agency does, uh, all the great clients that you've worked with. Share with, us, share with us a little bit about Rain. Yeah, I would say the biggest thing that Rain has been up to over the last couple of years as it pertains to voice is helping Fortune 100 companies build their digital ecosystems. I think one of the biggest misnomers as it pertains to voice is that it's only a skill or it's only an action. It's not. It's a new behavior. It's a new category. It's, yeah, and then, of course, those speakers. Um, but that idea of a new behavior, voice is this ecosystem challenge. When you think voice is a, um, you know, when you think about voice search and things like that. That has nothing to do with your skill. That has to do with your website. <laughs> so voice is this new behavior that's happening. That's a, such a bigger that's such a bigger challenge than just what's my skill, what's my action. So a lot of the work that Rain has been doing is making sure that we're helping them negotiate what's now and next with voice, but also how the heck do you build an ecosystem that's going to be able to leverage this disruption that's happening? Excellent. 
So what's the best thing that you've seen here at the Voice Summit? You know, I've seen a lot of interesting panels and a lot of keynotes. I have to sort of take that at a slightly higher level because the fact that this even exists to us is a testament of the maturation of voice. Because the idea that you could have 24, 2,500 people around a voice conference, I mean, I feel like, you know, two, three, I mean, the first... Uh, voice interface we made was four or five years ago and I remember very plainly telling my friends yeah we're working on this voice thing and people are like good luck with that <laughs> you know and then two years later Siri was out and I mean you know with um, Alexa and then later Google even then people were like good luck with that and now you're starting to see like oh we need to get on this right now and so the fact that this is here and folks like you are also doing great events as well is a testament to this inflection point that's happening with tech and that is what I'm at the most excited about beautiful so Everybody here is super enthusiastic about voice. Everybody's really bullish. Maybe share with us, what's that one obstacle, that one hurdle in the way that in your mind, from your perspective and your vantage point needs to get reckoned with and cleared out before we take that next step change? Yeah, and it's funny because I was joking earlier that every slide you look at and every guy is up on stage, myself included, Includes some chart that was exponential. Everything around voice is exponential. The growth, the adoption, it's intelligent, all that stuff. And the nature of um, exponential curves is they have inflection points where you think it's an incremental thing and then all of a sudden, oh my gosh. Mm. And you saw this happen even a month or so ago with the Google duplex model. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. I thought we were talking about speakers and now this thing's talking to me and I don't know if it's a person or not. That's a different thing. People are thinking this is an incremental discipline. It is not. It's a transformative, exponential one, and I think brands are need to account for that. So why do I think that? I think brands have, for the most part, been taking this wait-and-see posture with voice, and like, friends, this is not a linear thing. This is an exponential game. And so when you look at where that vectors out to, most brands are built on bureaucracies. <laughs> They're very siloed. You have an innovation team in that building, your brand team there, your website guy. Do we have a website guy? It's very fractured, and we get it. I mean, again, we work with these large companies. We understand it. But that's not helping with voice. You have to work together to build systems. And so um, I think the biggest barrier is brands not being able to um, move fast enough and think in systems because of the inherent bureaucracies that are there. I think there are ways around it again. I I don't think it's gloom and doom, but I think it's a matter of how do we work together and build our technical uh, digital ecosystem as opposed to a one-off skill, one-off action, maybe we'll optimize our website. It's not. How do you have one conversation across all your different touch points? Um, Because, again, this isn't going anywhere. Something we joke about is this isn't like a QR code or something like this. Voice is my natural interface. (laughs) When I plugged in Alexa, I had a five-year-old there and she said, Alexa Booth says hello and she says hello back. You don't need a user interface. You don't need a a, a, a manual to figure out how to interface with that. So again, voice is not going away. It's just I'm going to get more and more mature and we believe it's on an exponential curve. I'm Alana Shelowitz, the voice user interface design manager at Walters Kluwer Health. I'm Brian Bauman. I'm a voice user interface designer at Walters Kluwer Health. For me, the best thing that I saw was a panel um, with about uh, four speakers um, talking specifically about voice and rolling out products in the health space. Um, And just kind of, uh, not only were the speakers... um, what they were talking about informative, but when they opened it up to questions, seeing that who else was in the room for that panel was very interesting to me. There were a lot of entrepreneurs. There were also um, a lot of developers uh, on on the engineering side, and there were a, a lot of designers. So it was a, a 
interesting mix of folks um, who are all trying to figure out how to get into the space of voice, particularly for health, and also um, uh, how to attack or address you know, some of the barriers to entry there in terms of, like, HIPAA compliance and other regulatory things. So, yeah. Very, very good. Cool. And Alana, what's the best thing you've seen? The best thing that I've seen besides meeting all of the community members that I haven't met in person yet uh, was a talk by the founder of Ask Marvy, which is a skill for caregivers to help out their, their elderly, usually parents. And what I really liked about that talk was that it was really focused on the experience of both the caregiver and also um, the parent, thinking about their daily life, what they may use the, the skill for, rather than thinking about, oh, I, I've identified a need for my life, I'm going to make something to solve this, thinking about the variety of needs and very grounded in, in that experience. And I think that's why it's been so successful and it was wonderful to hear that case study. For Voice to take the next step forward, I think that we have to carry the knowledge with us that we've learned from other disciplines. And what I'm hearing a lot from multiple, multiple people is that what's going on here is really exciting, but it reminds them of Web 1.0, where things are just starting. And we have to remember that we've been through major technological advances before, and what can we carry with us from those times in terms of being user-centered, using the user-centered design process, using all this knowledge that we have and so we can move forward better and quicker than we have before. It's very exciting that voice is this kind of uh, there, there's limitless potential in, into how it can be applied, um, but then also as we move forward and, and the technology evolves, how can we stay conscious of the assumptions we're making when we're designing voice uh, applications and also challenge those assumptions in ways that open up uh, for other communities or um, for more inclusion rather than uh, making uh, the user come to the technology. How do we make the technology even more inclusive? Special thanks to all of the guests who took the time to appear on this special edition of This Week in Voice for the Voice Summit. We greatly appreciate all of you. Thank you as well to Pete Erickson and the staff of MoDev for not only putting on a great voice summit, but also for the hospitality specifically shown to me as well as my staff. For This Week in Voice, thank you for listening. And until next time, which will be in September for the launch of Season 3.